0: Welcome back to another edition of today's episode. Today, we're talking full circle on the show, Full Circle on Max. And I watched four episodes of it. We'll probably concentrate more on the latter two since that just came out. But uh, this is a wacky show. It's got a lot of celebrity stars in it. Uh, and, uh, and and where do you want to kick it off? That's what I want to talk about first How did this
1: show happen because you have so many busy people in this cast? Timothy Oliphant this week is not only coming out with this but Justified City of Primeval Steven Soderbergh the person who created or directed all six episodes This isn't even his only show coming out this week He came out with a different show called Command Z starring Michael Sarah And I think Leo Schreiber. and then not only that you have Jerome Jarrell Jerome He was in I'm a Virgo That's right. main series of that that only came out like a uh, a month ago and he was also in across the spider verse and then you have just big stars in general Zazie Beats Claire Danes Dennis Quaid so my first question for you is is the way Zazie Beats described it uh, it's not who done it but a why done it is that a fair assessment
0: of the first four episodes um yeah cuz we do know who the ultimate villain of it is. It's just strange. Like, that's probably my biggest con in the entire show is that you have to wrap your head around the concept that there is a crime syndicate that's run by a bunch of Guyanese um, uh, individuals, mainly a matriarch that's name is Mrs. Mahadir, right? Mm -hmm. Savi Mahadir. And she is very superstitious because at the beginning of this series, there's a rival gang um, run by uh, Edward Chung, I believe is his name. And he murders her, uh, uh, I believe, son, uh, Quincy, right? And then it's all about how she's going to get payback for that. But instead of going after Edward Chung, she feels like the reason all this bad stuff has been happening to her gang is because of some curse that was put on her husband 20 years back and so she cursed and, by who Cursed by uh, we're we're not entirely clear on who cursed him or why it's just all because of this circle and mm-hmm. that's uh, apparently in Guyana there the circle is a very symbolic uh, ritualistic um, symbol and so it's like it can either hold good things or it can hold bad things Hence the name okay yes yeah. and and even the money that they're asking for at one point is like three hundred and fourteen thousand one hundred and fifty nine dollars which comes out to pie 3.14159 mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so but but getting back to her idea is that she wants to break this curse by going after the celebrity chef who we don't know why his family's involved at all they're just this high class family um derek and sam are the mom and the dad played by claire danes and timothy oliphant and there you have their son jared and so mrs mahadir says go kidnap jared their son they're like 16 year old kid um <laughs> and then bring him to Washington Square Park very uh, populated, even in the middle yeah, of the night. Public. Yes, and so bring him there, and then threaten to shoot him unless they bring the money to threaten us. Threaten to shoot him in front of all these different people that are there. Well, he's in a uh, he's in one of those carts that people like ah. sell and distribute uh, the waters and stuff in. So so, anyways, the the full first episode is about how they botched this entire um, uh, kidnapping, and part of the reason is because most of the gang members have reservations about kidnapping a kid, <laughs> and although they're are a crime syndicate and they are like part of the insurance agency where they murder people murder like street urchins or people who have like money uh, on their life insurance and then they get money that way but they're not used to going to like a high class hotel or or, or apartment studio and taking a kid that's just not in their like repertoire Uh so a lot of people are questioning it a lot of people are trying to actually save the kid The characters that we follow, um, Natalie and Luis and uh, Javier, who all come from Guyana and actually want to go back because they realize they've gotten themselves in over their head. Yeah, they're all like plotting in different ways to help um, save Jared. But it ends up they don't even kidnap Jared. They end up kidnapping Jared's lookalike because Jared actually has sort of a stalker, but... His stalker is his stepbrother. See, so... Wait, Timothy his stalker is his stepbrother? Timothy, Ol- Timothy Oliphant married into the Chef Jeff's family. And Chef Jeff is Denzel... Or sorry, <laughs> Denzel Washington, Dennis Quaid. Uh-huh. All right, so, yeah. And so he's very rich. And Claire Danes plays, like, um, one of his business managers slash lawyer lady. Her name is um, Sam Brown or, in the show. Yes, her name is Sam Brown. And she's got, like, her own secrets from the past that connected Guyana. But her husband also has secrets, Derek. Derek's secret is that he had a uh, illegitimate child child with a woman right before he was back to get married to Sam 16 years previously. Uh-huh. So um, so he's he's kind of figured it out throughout the course of the kidnapping that the kid that the people kidnap the Gu- Guyanese like mafia has kidnapped is actually Nicholas, who is kind of obsessed with wanting Jared's life. And that's why he was dressed up as Jared and had lured Jared out so... to go hang out with him. And so Jared watched the kidnapping happen, went home in the middle of the uh, kidnappers Talking to the family and threatening to kill their son, so it was it was kind of funny. So having Jim laughing because because he, he walks in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. everybody's <laughs> like, and we don't actually see who got kidnapped until that point. So we didn't. When Jared walked in, it was it was really funny. Yeah. So, so that's all
1: first episode. Stephen, yeah, what you say about it being strange and even the dark humor of it—that's obviously no stranger to Steven Soderbergh. Anyone who's a major cinephile knows who he is. He did all of the three Ocean films, Traffic, which I think was nominated for Academy Awards. I, the did important- you right. I mean? I oh no it, that was crash yeah was crash. the informant contagion magic mike side effects behind the candle opera had a quick retirement back in i think like 2012 2013 and then came back with logan lucky but then you have ed solomon he's the one that created this show and his writing credits are very diverse he wrote all three bill and ted's uh movies he did now you see me both the first men in black married to the daughter of john cleese's daughter and mm-hmm. then he even wrote charlie's angel which was directed by McGee, the super mario brothers film the 1993 version oh wow three episodes of laverne and surely and then he even wrote a series called mosaic which was definitely a different i've never seen anything like it it was a series that took place on an app but what you're talking about with like the way that this show is structured it's supposed to follow so many different people's pov
0: well at first it just sounds like it's a normal kidnapping show kind of like uh, that apple series we did a long time ago started with an s had the guy from the americans in it um, who, who, uh, the, the, the FBI guy. I think it was like Noah. suspicion or something. Suspicion. That sounds, that sounds close enough. Yeah. It, it, that show dealt with the kidnapping and we didn't know who did it. And there were like six different characters that we followed. This kind of follows that same idea that no, there's no central main character. And so we see the timeline split off to every single person and whoever constructed, and that might be the showrunner That might be who you're talking about. Just. Like, everybody has their own, like, direction that they're going. Like, I feel like a lot of times you watch a show and you see it through one person's idea or narrative. And so it's very easy to kind of just make up what you think other people are doing at the same time. Mm -hmm. No, everybody is doing something rather different. And some people are kind of stepping on each other's toes and actually, like, reverse doing what the other people are doing. So you're seeing, like... Javier, he's been caught up by the postal service and the postal service here, they're not delivering mail. They're actually part of like the FBI or they're like an offset organization that works in New York. I'm sure they're real. But Zazie Beetz plays one of the agents and she's like a hard stickler. She goes in, she asks questions. She doesn't care whose feathers she ruffles. She doesn't care about her boss at all. In fact, she hates him. that's Jim Gaffigan's character, Manny. Uh-huh. And Manny does have some dirt in his past that he doesn't want getting out, but it's not revealed until the fourth episode that it actually has to do with the guy on honest stuff so he's probably going to get fired he is sort of a a villain like before i thought maybe he was just kind of like not great at his job but no he's he's probably going to go down for this but zazie beats his character is probably my favorite even with the stuff with her relationship that kind of is just like a side storyline because it just shows her attitude she has uh, i think she's been diagnosed but not diagnosed but does that make sense like she it was written in a right, report no, but I... undiagnosed with borderline like uh, a personality disorder or something uh-huh and and so her boss Actually, didn't send the report over because he she he thought that she was a great agent, but that but once she started pointing the finger at him, that's when he sent it over. So she that ball is yet to drop. Like in the next episode, she's probably going to get fired from the agency. But she's such like a maverick, a, a kind of a, a uncontrollable uh, variable that she's probably going to continue the investigation on herself or like by herself. And she's also sort of playing the Claire Danes role from Homeland. So seeing Claire <laughs> Danes and her act together and kind of play opposites is, is really interesting. And also like I, Zossie beats is great in the show. The favorite character by really by far.
1: okay yeah because yeah, i know that she was pretty isolated on set which is how she described mel harmony in general anyways in the first four episodes when it came to information though and so much of it having to be thrown at the viewer ed solomon and steven soderbergh very late into post-production were are still having fights about how they were going to uh like rearranging scenes and how they were going to
0: explain what happened where and it seems like does it it's a across- big old puzzle that they just need to keep adding pieces to and yeah you're right they know what the middle part of the puzzle looks like because we know who the villains are we just don't know why so once we spread out the rest of the puzzle then we're going to be able to see the full like why their arms are where they are Does that make yeah
1: i mean they did say at the very end of the series some reviews were talking about how it came across a little disappointing because you don't get answers like to to
0: everything Hmm. but i know it feels like they've been giving us answers along the way it feels like for instance they dropped the name sharice really early on and we were like who the hell is sharice Turns out, Sharice is uh, Derek's uh, illegitimate baby mama, the one who uh, he had the and and Nicholas, the kid who's like kind of crazy himself, um, the one who's like right, uh, the one who was actually yeah, a little right? obsessive with the idea of like taking over Jared's life. He's right now been pulled away by Natalie and Luis, two of the ex-gang members of the Mahabir gang. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, she, she was her masseuse and uh, that was her brother. They both came over from Guyana. And they're protecting Nicholas, but they've just learned that Nicholas isn't Jared. And so now, they are thinking about blackmailing Timothy Alphonse's character, Derek, again. Because <laughs> they knew that he wanted to keep that a secret. But the trouble is, Derek has already told Sam about the kid because Zazie Beetz's character, Mel, has already told Sam about her husband having secrets. This has to come across as convoluted. It's, yeah, it's convoluted overall the show is it feels like an apple show it takes place in new york you've got yep. it, even though i'm saying there's a lot of characters it does feel like there's a finite amount of them like we've met them all at this point i'm not gonna it, the only and then the storylines it just feels like it's moving so I, I will give the show a positive review but again you also have to swallow the huge pill that the reason that this guyana uh, gang is going after the uh, the kid so hard is because of a curse i'm not and i just don't buy that here's the, not going to give it a
1: pass for that because I haven't I haven't seen it anyways but even if I were watching it but that's Steven Soderbergh's that's kind of like the things that he writes he always writes those like uh weird characters that like maybe believe something that they but, shouldn't but
0: if it's but if it's the top person on on the ch- food chain you know mm-hmm. like if it's the if it's the main god godfather you have all her people around her second guessing her and saying this doesn't make any sense please tell us about this plan this can't be a curse that's the reason why it's backfiring on her so much. If she uh-huh. really just wanted to kill this kid, normally she could. But instead, she's listening to these like weird soothsayers who are telling her things. And, and it also doesn't make sense why like the chef, Jeff, who is also a funny character, Dennis Quaid, who has a ponytail and literally doesn't know what he's talking about half the time. He's he's playing chess with the guy who's actually partially involved in uh, in the kidnapping and he just doesn't know it. He's, oh, it's one It's one of, those, one of those scenes. Okay, yeah. yeah. But that guy has a heart attack within the first episode. So there's a bunch of different variables floating around. And like, if we wanted to get into the nitty gritty of every single plot, I just feel like that would be counterintuitive. Overall, the show for me deserves, I would say probably between a six or seven out of 10, depending on whether or not you're going to give it that leeway with the main villains. The other storyline that I'm happy that they've reserved to the side, because I'm so tired of like the kid who was supposed to be kidnapped. I was afraid we were going to get a lot of Jared. Yes, right. I thought we were going to get like Jared decided that he wanted to then go talk to the guy and himself. No, what ends up happening is they have like a friend, an ex cop named Joey who has a golden retriever. And in the first episode, when he thinks that Jared has been kidnapped, he shows up to try to help. That's when Jared comes in him Joey and uh and and Jared they head off to a cabin and I I'm so happy that they've just left them in that cabin (laughs) not doing anything because it would be so annoying if we had to just watch Jared get himself into trouble I'm
1: just now realizing there is a lot of black comedy in the fact that Nicholas wanted to be Jared right and then he ends up being kidnapped because they think that he is Jared absolutely almost
0: almost kind of like karma in that sense but he's he doesn't care he's really happy about it like he didn't want to go home necessarily because he knew that would just Pulled the, like pull the cover over everything. Uh-huh. He wanted people to think that he was Jared. So like the <laughs> kid is there's something wrong with him. As as Natalie said, like she right. knows. The, the show overall has a 6.2 on IMDb and it has an
1: 82% on Rotten Tomatoes. But the audience score is kind of low, as a 58%. So when you're talking about a six or seven and falling kind of in between that, I think a lot of people agree with you. And even when I was doing reviews just on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, even though it has an 82%, I would say they're more mixed reviews because it seemed like every single tomato. Was talking about how there was just too much going on yeah, in the show, and also so much going that it was on also that it was ultimately frustrating. That's
0: what the Guardian said, and they gave it a three out of five star review. I, I believe that that's a perfectly credible review because the thing about Zazie Beetz's character is it's supposed to push you in the wrong way, like it's supposed to make you kind of annoyed with her. Mm-hmm. But I see what they wrote with her. Like her character is a super genius. But the way that she's a super genius is she's super annoying. She comes into every conversation she can, and she immediately starts asking the questions that are impolite to ask. And then she doesn't judge you off what you say. She just judges off your initial reaction to it. And so that annoys everybody in the series. It probably annoys a lot of the audience members, but it makes her acting seem super good. And I'm not even a huge fan of her uh, acting in most of the seasons of Atlanta because mm-hmm. she's kind of just off in the corner and she's not doing much. In she's those a ones. secondary character. Yeah, even part. in the episodes where she like takes over her character was just so different than what it had been previously in the series where in this it's like we she's a known quantity she's a known wild card and I'm really happy with it and Jim Gaffigan being evil like I'm I'm happy with that too because it's it, you know when comedians are able to really right. show their colors and, and do, do cool things with them Uh Dennis Quaid isn't overtaking the thing like he's not acting like a, a Trump or, or an ego, egomaniac he's not coming in there and being like the center of attention well you would think that he's he would be the I Doom mean vis. Dennis
1: Quaid even though this has a lot of famous people is like the like the most famous person out of this cast. But I think that he was cast last because in September of 2022, which is when they ended up filming this thing on location in
0: NYC, I think that he was the last person that they were able to get for this series. I think, he, yeah, he doesn't necessarily have to be there. He's not in a lot of scenes. He's He's mostly in the promotional photos on the back for yeah. Chef Jeff. His brother, he screwed over, I think, 20 years earlier, and that was part of the Guyana thing. Mm -hmm. Like he had been paying off politicians or something for one reason or another. We aren't 100% clear on why yet. But that's why he's connected and that's why his grandson was targeted.
1: I was glad to see that this wasn't an anthology series because when I saw that, how many, many, many famous people there were, they're always there for like anthology series, like a one-off, like Modern Love or Solos or anything like that. I know that it was inspired off of the 60s film, I believe, High and Low, starring the legendary Toshiro Mifune, the Japanese actor in Seven Samurai, Yojimbo and Rashomon. Cool. Um, but also it originally started out as a 586-page series script. And then Ed Solomon, Steven Soderbergh, book. they, they like, ended up whittling it down to 400 pages. And then they were even thinking about doing what they did with uh, Mosaic because that series, it wasn't a choose-your-own-adventure, but you could follow the perspective of different characters mm-hmm. I- over the same event. Yeah. And they were thinking about doing it with this, but then uh, they were like, you know what, we're going to scrap that idea. Ed Solomon wasn't exactly happy about that because he had already written 175 pages <laughs> with that in mind. But this show, yeah, I, I think it's been in, like, production for a couple of years now at least the idea has and then they were able to finally come out with it and
0: I haven't even talked about like all my favorite characters again uh, Javier he did the stupidest move at the end because he was kind of pulled into witness protection like Zazie beats got really tired dealing with his like non calling her mm-hmm. there's one plot hole with her where she is like under where she's going on crazy investigation mode trying to figure out what happened with the kidnapping she knows that her source Javier kind of misled her about the night of the kidnapping and so whenever Everybody's, like, pressing her on that. Instead of just calling him, she waits, like... Days and interviews everybody else, but she never picks up the phone or goes to him until way later on. And It doesn't make any sense. But when she finally does, she pulls him. She brings him into a hotel room and she says, like, she puts an ankle monitor on him. And the Guyana group they know that someone has leaked information, mm-hmm. and they just they, and they even killed a guy who they thought it was who it ended up not being. And so they want Javier dead. They also want uh, Natalie and uh, and uh, her brother Luis dead because they know that the the person they ended up killing was no one. Yeah. They, they ended up killing a, a, um, a masseuse model. Like, they shot it.
1: <laughs> that's, okay, it's, that's where the masseuse comes into play. Yeah, because yeah. I read something about that.
0: But the point is, at the very end of the, the fourth episode, the big cliffhanger is that J- Javier stupidly calls his girlfriend who, he, uh, who he's who he been talking to for the, the since he's gone to America, and they just follow uh, the girlfriend to the hotel room, bust open the door, and they're about to kill Javier when when the episode <laughs> so, ends. Because okay. he takes them to the witness protection. She says, uh, Zossie beats character is like, don't call anyone, and he immediately calls someone, and then they mm-hmm. share. A meal together um the other thing is uh garment's character who seems like the more reasonable of the leaders of the group he's the one who mrs mahadir like the second in command who she kind of set aside while she's doing this whole kidnapping plot he's the one who's like i also want to go back to guyana i want to get out of here i'm i'm tired of this life And uh, and and he seems like a really reasonable fellow out of all the out out of all the crime people. Yeah. Um, And then you also have Edward Chung, who, remember, he was the one who kicked this all off by murdering someone. Right. Uh And so what he did was he murdered her son. He found the money that the guy had been stealing, which was the reason he murdered him. But he found a ton more than he was expecting. And so then it linked back to this casino and the casino is connected to Chef Jeff who also has a ton of money at that casino. And the casino storyline is hilarious too because the guys working at the, are at the casino are kind of like the ones from Twin Peaks where they, they're, or yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. They're you goofy. About, yeah. <laughs> they're, the, they're funny. The dumb characters. Or, or from Casino, the movie. Like it just seems like there's a, a, a bunch of mobs and even Edward Chung wants to turn in the um, uh, Natalie and Luis and uh, whoever else she might have with her back to Mrs. Mahadeer because they believe in the curse but they also want to like make amends and stuff. It's also messy I don't recommend it if you're not into that type of thing. Where where, where what I've said just goes completely over your head. Are you but I don't going, blame you. Are you going to watch the rest of the series? Because it's only six episodes and yes. it's a mini
1: series, so yeah. it's the final two episodes. Yeah,
0: I wouldn't have if we had only done the first two episodes. Um, it's just that I'm already what sixty percent, seventy percent, eighty percent the way through now. Most of the way through. Yeah. yeah. So so I just got two more episodes to go, and then I'll know what's up. But yeah, the only character I wish got more uh, screen time was that golden retriever. Um, <laughs> And I'll relay again that I never knew that the postal inspectors were like a thing that you should be afraid of. But yeah, they'll come after you and they'll come after you hard. I know that the premiere of the show was actually
1: in New York City. It was a movie premiere, so it fitting the same narrative of wanting to kind of be a ten hour movie, like Ed Solomon said, is is the way that they decided to end it. But do you have anything the else? The summer I turned pretty
0: was also a two hour premiere. Yeah, for a lot of some movies. reason
1: they're doing it in
0: movie theaters nowadays. <laughs> I think it's just extra promotion, and it's like there's not as many movies coming out with the whole, whole writer strike and and Hollywood being the way it is right now. I'm surprised when you said that there was another Steven Soderbergh show out right now. It it's because on his own website, and I think you
1: have to pay like $8 just to see You it. have
0: to have a Sodenberg uh, uh, a subscription? Something like that, yeah. Nice. <laughs> that would be like Sodenberg versus Netflix. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next episode. Hope you enjoyed this one. Bye.
1: Bye.